Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is December 3rd, 2021, and the conspiracy against Sami Zayn continues. This is the Wrestling Inc. <laughs> podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa and NYC Demon Diva Issa. Here tonight to talk about SmackDown and Rampage. Rampage pre-taped tonight, so a little anticlimactic in some regards. SmackDown, Brock Friday. That's branding. Oh, so good. And the build begins to the day one pay-per-view happening January 1st in Atlanta on Peacock for WWE. Uh, we have some things to talk about tonight. I guess before we dive into everything, Alfred, what's going on in the news? Uh, plenty going on in the news. Let's start with uh, AEW Dynamite. The viewership is out, of course, a little delayed, uh, but uh, 861,000 viewers on TNT. Very shocking number considering their Thanksgiving, or at least uh, the day before Thanksgiving episode, did 898,000, which Damn. was to be expected going under 900,000. But then conventional wisdom says they're going to rebound now that there's no Thanksgiving holiday to screw up their audience, and they did even worse. This is one of the, actually the worst numbers they've done of the year, worst numbers since May. So AEW Dynamite in a bit of a funk. I'm sure they're going to pull out of that when they have Winter is Coming, which should be a big show with the AEW Championship on the line. But uh, what do you make of these numbers, Isa? A man burned his back for 800,000 <laughs> viewers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of it. If you go and look at their YouTube numbers right now, they seem to be growing. So I have a feeling that maybe people are starting to just look for what they need to look for on YouTube and not really watch the show. They are going after a demographic that right now is more interested in, in spending time with family, partying. You know, there's company parties as opposed to, you know, that, that maybe younger or older demographic that tends to just be home. Man, how boring does wrestling have to be if you'd prefer spending time with your family? I have a great family. No, I know. It's just... just... I, do too, I do too, but I get the point, man. After a couple of days, it's like you're looking for something to do. And, you know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting, right? I think we're just in a lull right now. I mean, and I think it's bigger than wrestling. I mean, I just feel like the world is just sort of, right? I mean, just fatigue. Is the only way I could describe it. I mean, Black Friday was down this year. Uh, we're in a weird, uncertain time. I mean, I don't know. I feel like just everybody is just sort of not given up, but just uh, sort of settled in. And, and routine does not matter as much as it used to. Are you blaming this on Omicron? I'm blaming wow. just, just where we're at in the world, you know? I mean, I don't know. It just, I mean, Omicron, I think, is, is um, indicative of this, but it's just like it never ends, right? Like, here we go into the holiday season, and it just never ends. I was also going to say, isn't December a very known time to just be at not the best times in wrestling? Like, you know, if they know the holidays are coming. They know people are not watching. I don't feel like they try as hard. I mean, yeah, AEW does have winter is coming, but I don't think anybody's going to tune in into the actual show. I think where we're at in the universe right now, unless you're unifying three Spider-Men from three different universes, nobody gives a oh, shit. <laughs> Spider-Man Spider showed up on, on our podcast. The He's other everywhere. Day. That's, the kind of that's the kind of family that I have. So that should tell you why I will pick spending time with my family. 
because they randomly dress up as Spider-Man in the middle of the night. So, yeah, love that trailer, by the way. It was good. good. Are you guys both watching Hawkeye? I started it, but I haven't. I only watched like half of the first episode. I I don't want to get too excited, but they might have epically teased something uh, on this week's episode at the very beginning of this week's episode, episode three. And it could, if if it pans out, it's going to be awesome. Um, But no, I think, uh, yeah, it's just a weird time right now. And I think with AEW also, I mean, it's also look at this in, in the bigger picture. Like we're past now the afterglow of Adam Cole, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson. Um, it's been a bit. Tony Nice isn't getting people jazzed up. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, well, he's Bobby an island Fish. Boy. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying, though? It's like you do these big things, and then it's just kind of like, okay, well, what do you got for me? You're like, you have to up that. You have to up the, up the, up the game, you know? Yeah. And I mean, this lineup as a whole on Rampage wasn't really getting people jazzed up. I don't, I don't think it really had the star power or the urgency to watch this. Yeah. There was no jazz. Uh, what else is going on in the news? I'm sorry, Issa, do you have uh, something else before oh, we get to sorry. the next story? No, no, no. I was just going to say, I feel like AEW is booking strong storylines. So I, I thought Wednesday they went in with a loaded show. You know, you have Brian, you have CM Punk and MJF after that amazing segment. I thought people would want to tune in to see how they will follow it up since that segment was viewed so many times online. So I was, I was, I was a little shocked by the number. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, Winter is Coming is going to do a really good number. I think that's destination programming with how they built it. So maybe people will are just waiting to galvanize for that show. But um, maybe they should rename it Windham is Coming. <laughs> hey, maybe they should. should. <laughs> maybe they should. Uh, we have another story that's kind of groundbreaking in the land of WWE in that WWE has announced a new NIL program. Now, NIL stands for Name, Image, Likeness. Uh, When it comes to college sports, it's a way for college athletes to get paid, thank God. But uh, NIL and WWE, they're using that to stand for next in line in terms of them recruiting college athletes. Of course, Gable Stevenson, great wrestler, Olympic gold medalist, was the first uh, wrestler signed, their first athlete signed to WWE's first NCAA NIL deal at the University of Minnesota. And so now this is going to be the blueprint moving forward. You see WWE axed its entire developmental system. They cut 85 people. They want younger. They want big guys. And they want athletes that they can teach from scratch. So this is going to be the bedrock of that in WWE recruiting these college athletes and paying them on a a scale based on what they think that they can uh, be in the wrestling business. So NIL deal. What do you think about this sea change in wrestling, Glenn? I mean, if I'm a guy that's been grinding it out in the indies and, oh, I finally made it to NXT, I think the writing's on the wall, you know, at this point in terms of what they're looking for, who they want to develop. It's just a weird time. I mean, I like NXT 2.0. We've we've discussed its flaws, though, at length. And, um, I mean, it could be cool if they do something that's a little more athletically oriented to treat it more like like a more like an actual sport. But I think that also runs counter to what's working for uh, WWE, which is having larger-than-life characters. So I don't know. Issa? I think I think some of these athletes have the it factor, and then teaching them the ropes is probably easier. Um, if you take a look at WWE and some of the indie darlings that they did hire and bring into NXT, they're currently in AW. So maybe they're trying <laughs> to go in a different direction here and find somebody that they, they can kind of like make it homegrown for them. Find a little loyalty in this world. 
<laughs> I like that. Thing. <laughs> Like, but no, that's a good point. They ain't loyal. They ain't loyal. <laughs> I, I think people, I, I mean, I see a lot of people kind of worried that, oh, there's going to be no more indie people in WWE. Uh, and that might be the rule of thumb in terms of we're not going to see as many. But I don't think um, there's that much of a problem with recruiting athletes and making them into wrestlers. I think people overrate how much you have to know about wrestling. It definitely helps you in WWE to have that background and know about wrestling. definitely helps. But we've seen plenty examples of athletes go in there and become big stars. I mean, Brock Lesnar essentially signed an NIL deal. I mean, it's not what it was called yeah. at the time, but he was pretty much fresh out of college. They paid him, and they thought he was going to be a big star, and he was. Goldberg was not a wrestling fan growing up. Sting was not a wrestling fan growing up. Ultimate Warrior. Bianca Belair did not watch wrestling growing up. She was an athlete, a super athlete, who was recruited to be a wrestler. So this can absolutely work, um, and we'll see how long this lasts and how effective it is. But like Glenn said, the larger-than-life characters and what they do and telling their stories is going to uh, really be what affects whether or not this is going to work, I think. It's really weird, though, because you think about what resonates with the fan. Is it, oh, you know, just, you know, top-ranked in the nation in college and uh, went to the Olympics. You know, people, I think, gloss over that. But you go, Bailey wrote an essay when she was nine years old <laughs> that she wanted to be a WWE superstar. And I think everyone just pops for that because everyone gets that and understands that. You know? Yeah, and you could have both. You know, two things can exactly. be true. You're going to have people. There's going to be people who love wrestling growing up, and there's going to be people on the other side of that spectrum, like the Kurt Angles of the world, who become all-time greats because they're tremendous athletes and do have that personality. And if you watch college and pro football, I mean, it's a lot of athletes when you see their touchdown celebrations or them celebrating in soccer or basketball who do wrestling celebrations, so they clearly watch mm -hmm. wrestling and are familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah, I just I think they got to shake something up in WWE. I don't know if this is Definitely. it. I don't know if this is what's going to turn it around. Um, I feel like NXT 2.0. I was thinking about this after we talked about the last night. NXT 2.0 started so hot, and they've kind of pumped the brakes on giving us more larger than life, big characters, big uh, moment surprises. Think about the index wedding. You know what I mean? Like that first episode of 2.0 was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if they'd all been like that since, I think, uh, well, ratings would be up on Tuesday. Well, to your point, in NXT 2.0, in terms of it kind of falling apart, Beth Phoenix announced her departure. Very heartbreaking news. Uh, oh, this man. after Scotty Tuhati left, and there's a little bit of a whisper around NXT 2.0 in that, kind of like how you hinted, Glenn, that people don't really have the same feelings about NXT as it goes through this transitional period uh, in terms of it being this hot commodity that it was in its glory days under the black and gold era. So now you're seeing Beth Phoenix leaving and, um, you know, hearing reports that there might be more in terms of people not getting acts, but more or less voluntarily leaving NXT 2.0. What do you think about this, Isa? I'm so sad about it. Like, not yeah, only is she empty Beth, and I just love her so much on commentary. The NXT commentary team as a whole, I think, complement each other perfectly. Very good. It's one of those, you listen to NXT, and I don't think, out of all of the conversations that the three of us have had at depth, I don't know that we've ever complained about commentary Never. NXT. So it feels like now, where are we going to go from here? Because the one thing that probably was put together in NXT now is going to be missing a big chunk of it. Whatever it is that she does next, I know a lot of people are speculating. I'm one of the I'm one of the people that saw the Miss and Maurice come back and automatically thought, bring Beth Phoenix in and, oh, yeah. and have a match between them. I, whether she wrestles, goes home to be a mom, now she's making music, whatever she wants to do, let her do it. But I, I'm going to miss her in NXT a lot. Yeah. She's been so good. So good on commentary. And... Um... I just I don't like the next she is changing 
so much and it's not in the right direction. Again, that 2.0 first episode was amazing. And since then, I feel like they've just stumbled a bit. So we'll see. Maybe War Games will turn some stuff around. Maybe in the new year, we'll get a new direction. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, Triple H's presence is, is definitely missed. Wait, Regal's presence is missed. It's just a weird time right now. Yeah. What I loved about Beth Phoenix, her and Pat McAfee are the only two commentators in WWE that I feel like when they're commentating, they're watching this for the first time, just like I am. And they're reacting to it in real time. And it's not programmed and it's not something that they're supposed Mm -hmm. to say. And that authenticity is what I loved about Beth Phoenix and uh, Pat McAfee. But, you know, especially Beth Phoenix in terms of how she would uh, go with the flow with NXT. I thought she was great. And I thought she played off of Wade Barrett very well. Now, the one... The one positive thing could be I'm pretty sure WWE has forgotten that 205 Live is still on the air. So maybe if they <laughs> leave NXT alone, it can get great again. Possibly. That could happen. I could Do you think – what what was the speculation this week about the cruiserweight division and that this Joe Gacy – uh, they're going to get rid of the cruiserweight title and turn it into something else, like an open weight title or something uh, like that. People were speculating that since they're defending that title at War Games with Joe Gacy, who's definitely not a cruiserweight. I could see them. I mean, they don't have to make this a permanent thing They could to see how it takes. I mean, I don't know if Joe Gacy's the guy you want to do this with, but for the length of his reign, it could be an open weight title and that could be his gimmick. But if you do that, you're kind of blown off the top of this title. And I do think that even if you go back to it being Cruiserweight, you've really killed this belt. And if they're doing that, why didn't Vince take the opportunity to put the Cruiserweight title on Otis and just really <laughs> delight himself on a weekly basis? <laughs> why Otis? Why, not, why stop there? Put it on Omos. Let Omos be the Cruiserweight champion. No, Vince would find uh, Otis funnier as the Cruiserweight oh, yeah. champion. You know, yeah, there's a Vince funny. humor. Remember, pushing somebody in the pool fully clothed is the funniest thing on earth. Yeah. Get some weigh-ins. That could be fun. Yes. Um, Our final news story, speaking of Vince McMahon, uh, let's talk about his uh, his checkbook and what he's paying his athletes. A report from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter came out of what some top stars are making. It is estimated that uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are making in the 5 million range. A lot of top guys are making the 2 million range. It was said some are making 3 million. And then uh, there's an unnamed top athlete making 4 million. So it looks like if you're a top guy in WWE, if you're signing one of these NIL deals and you get paid, what you aspire to is anywhere from 2 to $5 million. This from a company that is on pace to make near or maybe surpass a billion dollars in 2021, Glenn. I mean, this is a very, very small handful. Like, Angel and Umberto are not making that kind of money. Seamus, probably not making that kind of money. Rick Boog's worth that much money. Rick Boog's worth every penny of that money, not making that much money. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's a weird time right now. Is Cameron Grimes making that much money? He should be. He's making well. I think he's making more. I think he's making hundreds of millions of dollars after that Dodge coin. Yes, it's true. What's up with like? I, I own very little crypto, but I keep getting alerts lately, and it seems like crypto is not going well. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it goes up and down, but uh, with Dodge coin, at least it's it's not uh, it's not doing as well as it used to. It's all mm-hmm. very weird. WWE though keeps making money despite themselves. Um, strange time. It's very strange. But I don't know. What do you, I mean, I've seen the speculation online. I mean, the top talent's the top talent. They're worth it. But at the same time, you have to wonder what that pay discrepancy is between like NXT entry level, main roster entry level, and then at the other end of the right. spectrum, Roman and Brock, you know? Right. Yeah, definitely. 
And that's yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. We have to see. And the, uh, not even that, taxes, plus they have to cover their oh, own traveling expenses, oh, yeah. health insurance. So who knows what they end up seeing even. Two yeah. to five million should be like mid-card. All those names you mentioned should be making at least two to five million dollars. Just based on the pay structure. And if you look at sports, usually half of the pot goes to the athletes and half goes to the owners. And WWE is pretty much taking like 90% of the pot, if more. And if succession taught us anything, at $5 million, you were the poorest rich person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how can they possibly get by? You know? Brock lives on a farm out of necessity. He can't afford to buy food. He has to grow his own. <laughs> or, he or kills go. it and eats it, it, like yes. you said tonight. Yes. That was good tonight. SmackDown was good tonight. I like parts of it. I liked uh, I liked more than I didn't like. Actually, yeah, it was pretty good. Same. Well, Brock, Sammy, and Roman. Yeah, Brock like, and Sammy have the greatest chemistry. I, like, yeah. We should we oh, talk really? about SmackDown first? I, I feel yeah. like I mean, folks, warning: Rampage is going to be kind of a bit of an afterthought tonight because there's yeah. I mean, not that much to dive into. Yeah, let's before. start with SmackDown. Let's start with SmackDown. Yeah. Let's start with SmackDown, though. Uh man, open up Brock Lesnar and Sammy Zayn in the ring together. Two He's Canadian a- boys. I know your feelings. I know your feelings about Roman Reigns, but you can't tell me watching this that you didn't you know my think... feelings about Brock Lesnar. Have we yeah, known Because that's but my I'm... other favorite. But Brock and Sammy, you can't tell me you weren't thinking maybe it wouldn't be so bad if Sammy was had the title and he was facing Brock at day one. They had a nice lengthy feud. I never thought that, not once. You did, because I know how much you love Sammy. Love Sammy Zayn. <laughs> I thought it for five seconds. Did I, I thought it. Did I, did I think that I wanted to see more segments between them? Yes. But I I, I, I love Brock in this opening segment. I love all of the, like, his character. The When Brock was, wants to, he's just so freaking good. The chemistry mm-hmm. between him and Sammy was so surprisingly, unexpectedly good. Oh my god, and the way that he was acting so friendly, talking him into it, but then you know he's also bullying him into saying, no, you're gonna do this match tonight. I thought this opening was perfect. And for those of you who, who want Paul back with Brock, no, I love this Brock. Let, let him be on his own for a little bit longer if, if this is what he's going to give us, because this was a whole different Brock than what we're used to seeing, and it felt refreshing. It felt like a new Brock Lesnar. It was it was amazing. I, I really, really enjoyed the opening of SmackDown tonight. Sami Zayn too, Glenn, just for you, Glenn. I thought Sami Zayn was just, it, it was just perfect, and I never expected that to, I thought Sami Zayn was going to come out and get destroyed, and, and, and it ended up happening, but later on, I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting it to go that way. Even when he said, I'll be in your corner, I, I thought he was going to help him win, you know, or yeah, pull something off, not destroy him. <laughs> I just, no, that's, that's a yeah. good point. I loved uh, Brock talking about they're both Canadian. Sammy <laughs> saying, like, I'm going to give you a title shot after I win tonight. You're going to get the title shot at day one. <laughs> this was reminiscent of, like, The Rock in the Hurricane, where it was a completely random pairing that you never even thought about. And, like, The Rock is now kind of playing a different – he's not the babyface Rock doing the catchphrases. He's now, like, playing comedy more or less with the Hurricane, and it worked fantastically. And I felt that way watching these two and that, like, you'd never expect to see Brock and Sami Zayn in this kind of program or a segment or anything. But then going back and forth, I thought was perfect. And I, I did like Brock as a kind of more funny, fun-loving guy who wasn't doing it too much. He was still a bully, and he was still – being a tough guy, but I thought he balanced it perfectly without being a cartoon. I thought this whole thing with these two are great. 
You know what I loved the most because I would expect that from from Brock is to not know who Sami Zayn is. But he was like, "Who are you? Are you a fan <laughs> of mine?" Like, and when he was gonna say his name, he was like, "What is it again?" Like, I was like, "Yes, like don't expect Brock Lesnar to know who the hell Sami Zayn is." It was it, it was it was just perfect, and and that's the thing when they when they want to be good. They can pull something very good, which sometimes makes it so frustrating when you're sitting there watching a show that's just not worth watching. It's like you can you can do great things. Why don't you try a little harder sometimes? And Brock convincing Sammy take that take that title shot tonight. Convincing. And I'll have, yeah, I'll have your back. Go get him, kid. <laughs> this Poor was so Sammy. good. I mean, like so honestly, good. like this. And again, we talked about this. The problem you can't start the show this hot. And keep it up this hot. Yeah. Right. Like, this was such a good... This was probably one of my favorite openings to SmackDown in uh, recent memory. Wow. Very, very good. Well, because it was unexpected. I mean, yeah. again, no offense, Issa Cover yours, no offense to Roman Reigns. We've seen Roman no, open... No, no, no. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm with you on yeah. that. Roman Reigns coming out saying, I'm going to smash everyone. It's been the same opening for, yes. what, 400 and something days? He's got he's had this title ring, which is okay. But it makes it, when they do something like this, it just feels refreshing, you know? And, and, and like I said, just seeing a whole new side of Brock that we're not used to seeing, it was, it was just great. He didn't come out there. He didn't have Paul Heyman. We still haven't seen that interaction between him and Paul, so we still don't know. You know where Paul Heyman stands. Like I, I think they're playing this off great for for a field that we've seen so many times. Brock and Roman, it still feels new every every time they they manage to throw something in there that makes it feel new. So I give I give them credit for this. And I have to give credit to Brock Lesnar because for years he has been while he is definitely an attraction, right? An amazing athlete, an amazing physical specimen, destroys people in the ring. Once in a lifetime athlete, but. For years, that's all we saw. He came out, Suplex City, bam, Brock wins, done. When he shows shades like him dancing with the Money in the Bank briefcase, Keith Slater, the, you know, I don't give an F about your kids. When he does things like this tonight, Brock, there are layers to the onion that is Brock Lesnar that it makes me wonder, like, has anything ever come out where it's like, you know, Brock's favorite thing is like just, you know, uh, like like sipping a Diet of Coke and watching Teen Titans go. You know, like this guy's got like weird hidden depths <laughs> and I'm fascinated by them. You did know? you read his book? I did not read his book. Does it delve into uh, some unexpected Brock facts? Yeah, yeah. And it's pretty good. And he wrote it back when he was still kind of angry at WWE. Oh, so there's something in it. It's a very, very good book, and, and and you just read it, and it's funny. You can tell that he just sat there, and the goes out there just type whatever he was saying because he sounds very, very Brock Lesnar. Very interesting. But this was great tonight. This, and that's the thing. It's like Brock and Roman. Yeah, Paul, I get it. But man, I wouldn't mind if we took a nice little six week detour and do a good Brock Sammy feud, Brock Brock Sammy tag team. Oh, I think at the very least, Sami Zayn should be involved in this feud throughout until day one. We still got a lot of time until day one, and I would like to see, I mean, he doesn't have to be like a focal point, but I would like to see more of Sami Zayn interacting with this. Because if I'm Sami Zayn, based on what's happened to me, like, I'm definitely getting involved in raising some hell in terms of not getting your rightful world title shot. Oh, wait, you think he's still alive? Huh? <laughs> Assuming he is, yeah. <laughs> I haven't read the APB yet, but assuming he's still alive. <laughs> Here's the craziest shit about Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is probably one of the top five, if not top ten, professional wrestlers of his generation. Sure. And 
What do they have him doing now? Basically comedy bits where it's really funny when he gets the crap kicked out of him. Like, that's just shit. But he's doing well. Yeah, He's doing well at it. You know, he's very good at being, you know, which is kind of dooms you in comedy, but I know it is. I wonder if he's staying or going. He's got a while though, right? Left still. No, he's, he's he's is up the same time I believe Kevin out. Owens is. I think it's up this year or like January. I think no, but he wasn't he out? One thing KO because of the probably the time that they oh, had yeah. because he was remember when the pandemic happened he took all those months off. Well, and the uh, oh no, that would have been the last contract his injury from the Cena match. Um, but yeah, yeah no, I don't but know. I would assume that the months that he couldn't travel or didn't want to yeah. travel will be added on because that's what they do. <laughs> Very interesting. I, if he goes to AEW, we never see the documentary, so I'm kind of pulling for a mistake. <laughs> or maybe we actually do see it. <laughs> yeah, he he hired off. he hired his own camera crew. Remember, this might not belong to WWE. Okay, this is a, he might need to hire a lawyer too if he does that. This is the weirdest thing to say, Sami Zayn. Oh, if no. you go to AEW. Yes, you might get to have some great wrestling matches with your friends and some of the world's top talent. You will not get anywhere near the TV time that WWE is giving you because Vince thinks it's really funny to see you run your mouth and get the shit kicked out of you. Yeah, good point. So you could be a wrestler or you could be a goddamn superstar. The choice is yours, buddy. Wow. Choose wisely, Sammy. Damn. I feel like he's in the Matrix right now. Like, it's not that deep, you guys. Come on. But that's the thing. You got to look at AEW and just think like, you know, it's, it's, it's a little crowded in there. Yeah, maybe. Very maybe I'm not going to get the spotlight, you know. But Sammy's Sammy's getting the spotlight consistently. Um, so we had this followed up with a very good match between Sasha Banks beating Shayna Baszler. Issa, what did you think of this? I thought it was great. Um, Sasha Banks. <laughs> Did a hell of a job selling that knee in the corner. Oh, MG. I was like, this this is gold. I don't even know if the knee connected, where it connected, but the way that she sold it, I yeah. thought she was dead. Um, between her and Sammy selling these this suplexes at the end of the night, I was like, these two are such stars. But yeah, I thought this was this was good. And and is Sasha Banks a baby face now? <laughs> yeah, technically. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so Sasha Banks the face, which I, I will see where it goes. But overall, fun and just still, um, the the only thing I can think about when we talk about this match is the selling of that knee because Sasha is just so good at. She does it a lot. She looks like she's dead, hurt, injured. Like the way that yeah. she sells is like nobody's business. So good. Yeah, that Sasha's like a great. I mean, she's like Fonzie. She's like Han Solo. You know. I mean, they cheer yeah. her like she's a face, but she's not. You know, there's nothing dorky about her. Like, I think she's inherently cool. Um, this was a really good match tonight. And interesting when talking about Shayna, they were talking about some uh, future Endeavored talent tonight. Yeah, they called it the future Endeavored kick. And <laughs> this is kind of weird. So <laughs> they're still continuing to bring this stuff up. But I will say it's a little random to have her there against Shayna Baszler. I did like the match. I completely agree with Sasha. Her selling was incredible in this match in terms of her just kind of laying out and selling her ribs even after she won. So she did a great job. I had no problem with this match. It was just like, you're showing this video package with Shayna Baszler you know it sucks that these women were fired but she now gets the benefit of she kicked them out of WWE by breaking their arms look at this badass we're gonna feed her to Sasha Banks like it could have been anybody else 
Like, why does Shayna Baszler have to lose out of nowhere to Sasha Banks with no story? Like, that video package should have been the beginning of her being built up as a monster yeah. to where now, anytime well, I mean, she goes that for way, that kick. That, remember, Sasha kind of teamed up with Naomi. So, so oh, yeah. Shayna was the person that Sonya was using to kind of, like, fight her right. battle. So, so they were connecting it to that storyline, even though they're going away from Sasha and Naomi oh, being sure. a thing. So Ooh. there was a little bit of backstory, not enough for them to do this amazing video package for such for I'm sorry for Shayna Baszler just to have her lose. But losing to see Shayna lose to Sasha Banks is not gonna upset me as much as what we were seeing her do in the past, you know. But I would think Shayna Baszler straight out of NXT, this would have been a dream match that could have main evented a oh, pay per view yeah. for me, and just yeah. to see it thrown in the middle of a SmackDown now losing like that. Uh, but I, I mean, you can still rebuild Chena. It's just not like this. <laughs> it's Z with a $5 super chat saying after Brock Roman and Roman rock the Friday after mania, we start the bloodline versus Imperium. Walter is the only legit contender Oof. left to dethrone Roman. In my opinion, we could just go straight to Walter and Roman. I think that would be fine. Or, you know, Walter and Brock would be a lot of fun too. That'd be great. Oh, that would be really, really good. Yeah. Walter I mean, versus Imperium. Yeah. Imperium will get, destroyed by the <laughs> yeah let's uh let me ask the question Issa to you first has Vince McMahon ever watched an episode from start to finish of NXT UK uh the answer is Vince McMahon doesn't know that he has a company called NXT UK <laughs> no. Alfred do you think from he watched to- it but he was on his phone the entire time yeah, possibly. I don't think from start to finish at all. I think uh, maybe he's seen stuff here and there. Maybe somebody said, maybe it's like one of these buzzworthy matches like Walter and Dragunov. Maybe he's seen that, but I highly doubt he's seen it from start to finish. I think one of his ghostwriters on his Twitter, didn't uh, they tweet out like, oh, great match, guys, or something on like the first UK takeover? Seems yeah, like I guess they were chanting like, are you watching, Vince? They had this chant like, are you watching? And he's like, yes, I'm watching all the time. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> here's what i aspire to do when i retire or semi-retire i want to be the guy that uh ghost writes the tweets for the celebrity that makes them seem self-aware and like a little self-deprecating and really cool i want to be that person oh, that'd be a lot of fun yes all right well if you're going to be vince mcmahon's twitter ghost writer how would you write shane mcmahon's birthday tweet <laughs> Would you just say happy birthday, Shane, or would you say I'm so proud to be your father? Just oh, to make Shane feel important, even though he knows that's not his dad tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> and just be like, of all my children, Shane, you're one of my favorites. <laughs> you're in the top two. <laughs> Three if we count no. Triple H. <laughs> oh, hey, what about John Cena? Oh, it's true. Well, no, what about Hornswoggle? Come on now. Oh, God. We fuck, wow. Okay, so he's top five. Definitely. I think Shane is definitely in the top five McMahon children. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know, because I have grandkids now, so maybe top ten. I don't have time to do this, so I'm putting it out in the universe. I said over Christmas I'm going to do this. told my wife, I want to go through and find McMahon family footage and recut the opening credits to Succession with the McMahons. But I'm like, it's going to it's going to take it's not the editing that's going to take time. It's going to be finding all that footage. It's going to take time. <laughs> like maybe I'll hire someone off Reddit or Fiverr. Maybe like that'd be my Christmas gift to myself. Yeah. I'd be like, go through and get me all the footage and I'll just cut this to the succession credits. That's amazing. Here I am wanting to buy myself shoes or a purse, but not you. You are <laughs> special, Glenn. Did you watch Succession this past Sunday? I did, yes. No. We were denied Tiny Wu-Tang. 
Yeah, I was looking forward to that. They never paid it off. I know. So disappointing. So disappointing. Uh, so, okay, so Sasha won the match. She looked good. Uh, Adam Pierce going to be there tonight, so he's backstage on FaceTime, making moves, making everything happen. Drew McIntyre came in. Uh, yeah, and get into it with Pierce, and uh, who knows? Oh, but then Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss, everybody, the superstars of SmackDown. And this is where we go into the parts I didn't like about SmackDown. <laughs> this was really like honestly, this is when I picked up my phone and I was just like, when when does the next episode of Yellow Jackets go online? Are there any spoilers <laughs> online for that? Like, I mean, I was just like, yeah. Madcap Mouse comes on, I, I tune out. You know. We need to make Baron Corbin broke again. Yeah, he's so good when he was broke. A lot of yeah, he needs to be broke again. Like this isn't working for me. I don't like him with um this guy. I I I it's just not doing anything for me. His character was so good, and it's not it's not Baron Corbin. I have always had a soft spot for Baron Corbin. I've always appreciated his heel work. I think he's had a phenomenal moment of range, and with uh, uh, Moss. He's talented. I know he's been in the system for a long time, but just this character, this character is like nails on a chalkboard to me. Yeah. Madcap. Who yeah. says madcap? It's such an old word. And it's just, I mean, I know they're going for it to be cringe so that people can't like it, but it's, it's not good enough to where he's connecting with people doing it. I just think it's very much like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Why don't we uh, move on from this? And I'm just watching Drew McIntyre and Jeff Hardy now feuding with them. And it's like, between them, who do you think is more overqualified to be in a feud like this? But they saw the ring and, Jeff Hardy. and they, yeah, they were wearing the hats after. At the end of the segment, they were wearing their hats. Yeah. Good so, for them. It's like when we talked about with Joe Gacy the other night. I think that to write cringe comedy, you actually have to be funny to write something funny that works in a cringe way. You can't just be lame and have it be like, oh, well, it's supposed to be awkward. That's not an excuse. Yeah. Right. It's and it's hard to, for that to play out in front of a live crowd and pro wrestling environment. Rather, That's why I think a lot of times the vignettes are pretty good, especially with NXT, because you get to tape it and you have more control of the environment. But trying to do this in front of a live crowd, you really have to be on it. And a lot of times they're not. Yeah. I don't know. It's unfortunate. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I think Moss has a lot of talent. It's just, yeah, this is a I terrible thing. I hope he thing. steals all of Baron Corbin's money. Something has yes. to happen here. Yeah. We never got, Issa, your your uh, scenario where Baron Corbin starts robbing his fellow superstars <laughs> to get his fortune back. I mean, I yeah, I, that, that's, that's what needed to happen. And just to respond to the chat, I did like Corbin's outfit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that was the only thing I liked about this segment, Corbin's outfit. <laughs> He's a snappy dresser. So, yeah, Hardy and Drew uh, beat him up, took their hats. And that's how we, we ended this Oh, segment. but wait. Um, Baron Corbin was second best dressed tonight after Brock Lesnar. There you go. Uh, Zia Lee. Zia Lee next week. Another vignette. I like these. They're good. It's different. It's comic book type. And they're actually trying. They're putting together a story for her, the protector. I, I have no problem with these. Yeah. Doesn't scare you? Uh, like, <laughs> doesn't scare you? That like, she's no, like gonna... I, they're trying and all that, but I don't know. Oh, like, yeah, I, maybe I just have like issues because of all the releases and everything going on, and and how they did hit row is almost like, you know. And we just we just heard on the news today, Elias had all these video packages made, and they had no plans for him whatsoever. They were just making them to make them. 
So, I mean, at least they announced that she will be there. I also seen them do that and, and they don't they don't pay off. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. The video packages themselves are very good. Do I trust that they're going to have a good storyline? Like, like Carmela being the landlord's daughter? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Deep cut. It's a callback <laughs> two, a few <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah. But isn't it weird that creative puts all this effort into these vignettes and these promos? And then I swear to God... Uh, Vince McMahon probably personally gave Madcap Moss a book of jokes and was like, this is some really funny stuff, you know, and that's on the air every week. Or gave him a bunch of, I, I'd like to believe he gave him a bunch of popsicles, like you eat these popsicles and at the end you're going to see a stick with a joke and you tell that joke. <laughs> I, I don't even know if we're in popsicle territory. I think this might be like bazooka gum wrapper. Jokes, <laughs> yeah. You know? On an unrelated topic, do you know how many trivia games I won thanks to the Snapple caps because I read them every single time? <laughs> I know so many useless freaking facts. That's awesome. It's good, though. It's good. Um, the Viking Raiders got beat by Los Lotharios, who were just running through the tag division, and uh, Rick Boogs was playing his guitar. Oh, yeah, and there was Shinsuke Nakamura. He has something against his waist. What was that? Oh, yeah, the Intercontinental <laughs> Championship. Imagine that. I forgot. <sighs> nice jewelry he was wearing there. Yeah, yeah, oh, that was fancy. Do you think that was a Gucci belt? Maybe her. Oh, yeah. oh, no. No, it was the IC title that they haven't done anything with forever. Okay, well, they're simmering this feud with uh, Jey Uso versus Xavier Woods tonight and Kofi out there. Jimmy getting involved and there being a DQ. So I don't know at day one. No, we're not going to get it then. When are we going to get the New Day versus the Bloodline? They are doing it at day one. They are. I thought Roman was doing uh, oh, just a tag team. Yeah. It's not, you're talking yeah, about the, the tag six team. man. Yeah. I'm talking oh, about the yeah, six no, man. The, no, dream. the tag team title is happening. This is the New Day versus the Usos part 156. Hey, the 156. I don't mind. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't mind. They put on great matches, but we were just talking about how they managed to kind of make Brock and Roman feel fresh, where this, I knew where we were going the whole time. I'm like, okay, this is going to build for the New Day and the Usos, like whatever is next, you know? So, okay, fine. But um, I just wish they would come up with more creative ways to do it. And awesome. Congratulations to Kofi Kingston. They just had a baby and he's back yeah. from his paternity leave. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Um, absolutely. So, and Xavier needs his crown back. He does, or he needs to get another crown or a new drip. Or you know what he should do? Take the Intercontinental title and make that into a crown. If they're not going to do anything with it, take that title. What happened with Nakamura's crown? Nakamura relinquished his crown, remember, when they did um, King of the Rings? So let's find that crown for poor Xavier Woods. This was his childhood dream. He wanted to be King of the Ring, and you guys are just going to... Not replace his crown. I agree, and they still show him with the crown in the graphics when it, you know they show him wrestling somebody. He's got the crown on, so he needs another crown. You can't call yourself King Woods, walk out every week as a king with a scepter and no crown. It's true. No. He should get different crowns or different hats to try and like find a replacement. That should yeah. be like a running running gag. Something, anything. He should braid his point. hair to look like a crown. I can see him do that. Yeah, remember when he used to do his hair different for like all the pay-per-views? Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. awesome. I always loved that. <laughs> we had a random Leah spotting backstage with yes. New Day. She curtsied. 
What's going on with Aaliyah, man? She gets called up. She was going to be on the Survivor Series team. Sony Deville just must really have it in for her. Yeah. Her and then Shotzi disappeared off the face of the earth too, and it looked like she was in for a pretty big push. It's like you fight Charlotte Flair and then Sasha Banks, and it's like, hey, thanks for the memories. <laughs> so hopefully she's back because I was very excited for uh, Shotzi. Well, Charlotte Flair cutting a promo out there against Tony Storm. I mean, I like Tony Storm a lot. I'm not saying Tony Storm doesn't deserve this opportunity, but this is like whiplash compared to what they did with Tony Storm for the first few months she was there. Like this just feels very abrupt and I wish they'd given this more of an organic build. But why when you have pies being thrown at each other? That's all you <laughs> yeah. need to build a good women's field, no? Isn't it? And Especially I think... <laughs> with two talented women like Charlotte Flair and Tony Storm, why not do that? And they talked about those pies tonight like they were bullets in the Zapruder, Zapruder film. The way they kept talking about pie, 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 and then this pie and pie, pie, pie. Like, again, Vince McMahon thinks a pie in the face. It's probably the third funnier thing on earth right behind pushing the swimming pool fully clothed and Otis is the cruiserweight champion. Third pie in the face. <laughs> yeah, the second was a mess. Like... Yeah. After she was done talking, she was just waiting forever for some stagehand to come in and let her in. And then she's like, you could see Tony Storm and she made eye contact with Tony and then turned around because she wasn't supposed to see Tony coming. And it was just the whole thing was a mess. And then for it to pay off of the pie to the face, I think people were confused in that because they were waiting for something to happen. But I don't think that was the something they wanted to happen. And just for two talented women, you're absolutely right. It should not be this storyline. And you then, have such yeah, a talented women's division. I'm sorry, Glenn. It's just I was frustrated by this, especially when you have like, you know, Charlotte's out there cutting one promo talking about the most decorated, you know, female superstar of all time. And that's 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 what you're doing right now. I, it just doesn't it, it's not it. This is not it for me. I want to I would like to see the two of them wrestle, but not this. This build up is trash. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy that. Charlotte, I don't accept your challenge. And I'm sure after the pie and the face, oh, I accept your challenge. I'm going to teach you a lesson. A what? Baking lesson? They're going to put on aprons and start baking pies? <laughs> the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> oh, but she's not even British. She's Australian, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't work. <laughs> I, I mean, know. don't make it work. Don't make it work somehow. That's what they're going to have a bake-off. I don't know who bakes oh. the best freaking pies or something. But her gimmick is that her mom loved 80s music. Or loves 80s music. Present tense. <laughs> You think her mom baked her that pie? Maybe that's the tie-in. I really want to be positive about <laughs> the show. There's nothing positive here. And also, side division. note, WWE social media should be very careful with the pictures that they tweet with women's and pies in the face. <laughs> it's also embarrassing and... <laughs> What do you mean by that? Is that uh, <laughs> do you mind expanding on that? No. I'm not touching this one, Issa. This, this topic's all for you. Yeah, she put the visual I, I in my just, head now. I just say they need to be very careful with, with the pictures that they tweet. 
there are some accounts. I, I don't want to say the names of these accounts, but there are accounts that I guarantee you are going to like screenshot some of these and you're going to see it all. Oh, I already accounts. seen so many across <laughs> my timeline. And I'm like, that's exactly why I'm saying it. I was like, why did my timeline went from, you know, wholesome to this all in a matter of two seconds? <laughs> so Cesaro took on Sheamus tonight. <laughs> yes, like finally. Was, like it was 2016. Yes, and he won the best of seven. Yeah. Remember, we didn't have a final winner the last match. So Cesaro is the winner so many years later. Talk about long-term storytelling. Yeah. This was a plan all along. I'm sure they thought about it years ago and they were like, we're going to pay it off at the end <laughs> of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, speaking of payoffs... We did get Naomi and Sonya Deville tonight. And they said they're saying they're gonna have a match next week. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I don't trust it. Plus, Sonya has to slap either, Naomi. That Sonya, slap. I know. Yeah. Is there some kind of stipulation where Naomi, because I get that all right, she's an official, so maybe she was worried for a job, but there's no they haven't put anything in place where she can't touch Sonya Deville, have they? I personally think that Naomi and Austin Theory need to get a lawyer because they both got slapped by their bosses this week yes. and they probably have a lawsuit in their hands. Class action. We can get a class yes. action lawsuit going here. <laughs> they both got the crap slapped out of them. <laughs> I agree. They, they really need to be suing these people. There needs to be a good paid up payoff to this. I mean, like, I feel like Naomi should get an entire episode of SmackDown where she just beats the crap out of Sonya. Oh my yeah. god, from the beginning to the end, like you keep cutting yeah. and they're still brawling backstage. <laughs> oh, that'll be so good. <laughs> I don't think Sonya's fighting um Naomi next week. I don't trust it. I think this yeah. might go all the way to maybe day one. Yeah, and because it's like such a match that they've been building for a long time, for it to be announced in a backstage segment, even if they do pull off the match next week, it's like, wow, that's kind of deflating that you're just gonna do it like this. I think the story that they're telling is Naomi is climbing all these obstacles to get to Sonya Deville. So I would like to see an angle in terms of her earning that, you know, finally getting her hands on Sonya Deville, not just this backstage thing. But I don't trust it on TV. Yeah, and Sonya Deville made it a very, very, like, important point in saying, unless you see me wearing my gear, you can't touch me. Therefore, I have a feeling next week she's going to forget her gear. Like, it's going to be yeah. something super stupid like that. But I, I think they I, – I personally think they – this storyline has been very good, so I would like to see a payoff at the pay-per-view. Me too. Yeah. I mean, this should be big. I feel like this is uh, the biggest story in the women's division right now. One of the bigger stories in WWE as a yeah. whole. Yeah, especially yeah, over It just needs to term. pay off the right way. It needs yeah. to pay off the right way. Otherwise, I'm going to be angry. <laughs> yeah. My fear, though, is like next week is going to result in another Naomi beatdown or another loss. And I think they've gone to that well a little too many times. And they really need to be telling the story at this point to where Naomi finally starts winning and earning her way into that title shot. Yeah. Or not title I shot. Agree. You know what I mean? But shot at Naomi. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She won with the, in her tag match with Sasha. Yeah. So yeah. That, so that's good. That's... Yeah. And that, I want to see more of that. Yeah. Right. Um, so no, I'm, I'm still very invested in this. And then Sammy's in cut out, came out and cut a promo tonight. Uh, he hates Texas. <laughs> I mean, this was such a good promo. And then to just have the segment end with like Brock beating him up and then, oh, we're still going to do the match. And then Roman wins right away. 
Like, I mean, I'm glad Sammy's getting the TV time, but I really actually would have liked to see a really good Roman Sammy match. Uh, no, but you know what? <laughs> I would have liked to see it. <laughs> I just want to say one thing before we talk about the main event is there were so many recaps of Survivor Series and Monday Night Raw, like very long video packages recap. Oh, yeah. And I, I wasn't into it. It really took me off the show. And maybe they're trying to get people to watch Raw because they show obviously the Edge stuff and all that. But it was just like, you can just show all of that, like limited to a small commercial. Like there was too many mm-hmm. recaps of what happened on Raw and Survivor Series and this and that. And it just doesn't feel like your most viewed shows should be half of it wasted on video packages like that. Yeah. But yes, Sammy promo was very, very good. Uh, Sammy thing. We don't deserve him, honestly. Yeah, I agree. This was really good. And I think, um, you know, Brock uh, beating up Sammy, then leaving, like Brock not attacking Roman was very interesting. Of course, because Brock wants to beat Roman for the Universal title, not Sami Zayn. Also, special shout out to Sami Zayn for still being laid out as Roman Reigns was making his entrance. What a... (laughs) How was the iPod for that? I was like, is it too late there? Yes, he was. Because <laughs> they went to a commercial, no? Yeah. They went to commercial and everything. Yeah. Why would they do that? Like, that's the worst tease I think I've ever seen in terms of it's like Sami Zayn got his ass beat. He was already an underdog, even if he was healthy. But now he just got suplexed to all holy hell by Brock Lesnar. And they're like, stay tuned. We still got a match coming up next. <laughs> I think I know what's going to happen here. I don't think I need to stay tuned. If there had been more than like two minutes left in the show, I would be like, maybe Sammy's going to rally and overcome the odds and win. <laughs> Did any of you guys just couldn't help but to think what a waste of time the Battle Royal ended up being? Even though I love the setup for what happened tonight, but it was just like, why couldn't we yeah. just like done something dumb that made Sammy saying the number one contender? Like, I bet you Sammy demands another shot with Brock not there. And we, I mean, because it'll fill time, that'll fill a main event next week. Yeah, know, yeah. Whenever they need to. So, yeah, yeah I, I I agree. I just I just thought it was funny. I was like, what was the whole point in that? I think it built some storylines. You have some storylines to go to because of who eliminated who and all that. But it's just funny because I felt last week I was watching it. I was like, why does this feel pointless? And it ended up being pointless, technically yeah. speaking. Those suplexes were brutal. And then the oh, crowd yeah. chanting one more time where you're supposed to be selling Sami Zayn being the ultimate underdog. No one cares. You just want to see Brock put on a show for them. <laughs> <laughs> the way Brock throws these grown men around like they weigh five pounds, is, yeah. it never ceases to amaze me. And then how fast he does it too. Like like I said earlier, I think Brock is a once-in-a-lifetime talent. It's really funny because I've always been a big Brock fan, always. And people always found that so weird. And for me now to see people loving him and cheering him on, I'm like, where were you guys all these other years when everybody hated him? What is happening? <laughs> well... You know what was a high point tonight? Technically not part of the show. We did get that nice, uh, like two minute long trailer for uh, John Cena's Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Yeah. It's gonna yes. be dope. Looks it very funny. Dope. Looks very good. HBO doesn't miss. So, you know, yeah. HBO on a Sunday night, you're always going to have a good time. Well, I have no faith. Uh, I have no doubt this is going to be a good show. HBO Max, yeah. a little more hit or miss. Yeah, HBO Max, maybe, yeah, this new era, yeah, maybe more hit or miss. Did you watch the Head of the Class reboot? That's kind of a miss. Oh, really? That's, that's sad here. I mean, it's just know. it's just a generic show. The original Head of Class, I mean, wasn't great. But like Saved by the Bell reboot, we finished that and again, more WWE references in that this season. But the Saved by the Bell reboot is like brilliant. 
Wow. Like in how it's, watch it. it's very self-referential. Because- yeah. I heard a couple of people say that too, so I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, I mean they they it's very meta. Uh, the current storylines are good. I mean I don't know. It's it's cables in a weird time right now. It's like for every great show that there's a lot of stuff that would have been like the greatest thing on TV 20 years ago. Yeah, but it's just more competitive yeah. now, which is why Alfred uh, rewatching the Larry Sanders show. You look at a show like that, how it holds up. It's just amazing. Yeah. You know that for that to be as good as it was back then, it's still fantastic now. Hundred percent. So, Do we have the time on the Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns match? <laughs> what is this? Did somebody time that? Anyone time it? I will hope it was, what, 10 seconds? I wanted it to be five seconds so he could beat the Rock's, you know, record for WrestleMania, but... Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he might have. Yeah, we need 19 seconds. Somebody said 19 seconds. I need to figure oh, out what the exact okay. time was. I don't think it was 19 seconds. Maybe it was because he was... You know, he had to put him to sleep. He didn't pin him, so. So, Rampage tonight. Pre-taped show. But we opened with, I thought, was a very good match of Sammy Guevara defending the TNT Championship against Tony Nese. I agree. Good match. Yeah. It was a great match. But do you think that if you're, a, if you're somebody that doesn't watch wrestling, hear me out, and you're flipping through the channels and you happen to see this match, wouldn't you think Tony Nese is the champion in this scenario just by looking Damn. at him at first glance? Wow. What makes you say that? I thought he looked like a million bucks, physique-wise, oh, yeah. gear, and everything. Like I, I, I thought they were going toe-to-toe the match itself. I'm just saying, if you're flicking, you don't watch wrestling, and you just look at these two guys, I feel that Nese has more of that it factor. Next to really? Sammy, right? But once you watch him wrestle, I think they were both going at it. But I'm just saying, if you're somebody that never watches and you're flicking, I, I would assume that Tony Nese is the champion just based on his presentation. See, I think Tony Nese looks like the top guy from like 1989. Yeah. Like, I think he's got a more old yeah. school look. Whereas Sammy, I think for the current thing, I mean, Sammy's a very good looking kid. Um, he's got that swagger. Like, I don't know the way he carries himself. I think he's got a more uh, magnetic personality. Definitely. I mean, Tony Nese has like a Max McGee quality to him. Remember that right. match Bret Hart faced Tom Max McGee. McGee? Tom McGee, I'm sorry, Tom McGee. Uh, and everybody thought that Tom McGee was going to be this great star because of how he looked in the ring and he was shredded and whatnot. But at the end of the day, he did have all the physical tools. He just didn't have right. the factor or whatnot and the, the charisma. And I do feel that way about Tony Nese and that he is an impressive looking guy. He's a great wrestler, very great athlete. That premier athlete thing is a shoot. But I mean, there's never been anything where Tony Nese has grabbed my attention and demanded that I watch something right. for because it's interesting. And which is what I mean, presentation-wise. I thought, like, when you look at their promo last week, when Sammy Guevara stepped up to him, he was like, you haven't done shit around here. I, I love that Sammy uh-huh. Guevara. I love Sammy's uh-huh. attitude. He looks like the kind of guy you want to have a drink with, which is awesome. And then you see him in the ring and you go, oh, I get it. You know, but I, I think Tony Nese has, has something special. I just don't know what it is or how we maximize now that he's all lead because Tony Khan did go on and tweet that they signed him. Um, but I don't know that charisma is, is, is his, you know, might not be his forte. Yeah. But it, this was a fun match. This was a fun match. I'm trying to remember when Enzo roasted the cruiserweights, what was his insult for Tony Nese? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, he had some bangers. I remember he made fun of Cedric. <laughs> Alexander's cruiser, uh, like surfer, was it the, the vest that he wore? A scuba scuba jacket is what he called it. Yeah. Yes. But I don't remember what he said about Tony Nese. Who was the one that he said, you look homeless, that's not even a joke? I'm just stating the facts. 
Oh my was that, God! Was that Pac that he said? Is that Neville? No, I, I, thought it was I, Neville. I thought it was maybe Brian it was in the mirror. Yeah, oh. maybe I don't know. But been. that's my point about Tony Nese is that like I don't even know how I'd roast Tony Nese. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like there's nothing like the like he's a he is an at, but there's I just don't know what his character is. Yeah, and his that's... character can't be that he's really gifted in the ring because if that's the case, that's like ninety percent. Of today's yeah, wrestlers. especially in a in, in AEW, yeah. right? Premier athlete is like, well, buddy, <laughs> you join a, a whole roster that looks like you. So how are you going to stand out? Yeah, characters. I'm a character guy. Like that's really what what does it for me. And I think Sammy Guevara's got it. Tony Nese, I think, wrestles very well. But I, I don't know. I, I but I'm hoping we haven't seen the best of what he can do and that he gets to develop more um, in AEW. But yeah, this was a good match to start the show. Yeah. It was a good match, and, and I think Sammy's having a great um, TNT title run so far. Yeah, absolutely. We had Thunder Rosa on commentary for the next match, uh, which was Jade Cargill. Thunder Rosa, that's so awesome. Yes, this was great, and I like the confrontation after. I'm really looking forward to that match. Oh my god, yeah. their brawl! It, it's yeah. just like I cannot wait to see them actually wrestle. I thought the, I thought the brawl was great. I am a fan of them booking um, Jay Cargill to squash. I know a lot of people want to know, can she do more? Is she still green? No, that woman looks like she should squash oh, everybody yeah. that steps in front of her. Like, why would you want her to put on a technical classic? You have women in this roster that can do the technical match. You don't have a lot of women that look like Jay Cargill. If I see her, I would expect her to be able to put these women out in, in a matter of seconds, minutes, you know? So I think a lot of people wanting longer matches from her. I'm like, no, we don't have a lot of female characters that look like that, that are dominant, that just coming in squash. And you've seen so many um, male characters that way. I think it's time to have one, you know, in the female division. And I think Jay Cargill is it. I don't want to see a technical match from her. I want to see her just break these girls apart. Absolutely. One of the most, probably the most physically impressive person, if you just look at her, like you're saying, if you're changing the channel and you look at her, just a physically imposing presence, that person should be destroying people. She should not be slapping on wrist holds and doing her karate. That's what I'm saying. It's like, why would she? She shouldn't, right, she shouldn't need to do that. And and that's the thing. If you look at her, if I'm flipping channel, we were just using that example, I will wonder who the hell is going to come down that ramp and step up to her. I wouldn't, yeah. you know, and that's what I want to see from her character. Okay, so Jade versus Thunder in the semifinals. Who's who's advancing? I don't know. I, I think Jade. I think I love the fact that this final four is pretty unpredictable. I could see Thunder Rosa, Ruby Soho, or yeah. Jade Cargill winning this whole thing. You know, Chris Statlander is a dark horse, but I could see three of these four women winning. But I, ever since it was announced, I said that's Jade Cargill's belt, and I like the idea of TBS that bitch show. It's got to be Jade. That is pretty good. That is pretty good. Yes, well, I, I wish. Yeah, I so. wish we would have gotten here a little bit faster. I'm sorry, Glenn. It just feels like th- we knew it was going to come down to this three. So this tournament just felt like it's dragged on because we I, knew it was going to be Ruby, you know, Thunder or Jane. I do feel like this tournament has been going on for the better part of my 40s. <laughs> and we're not even seeing the finals for another month. I know. Like, and I think there, it's a fine line between building anticipation and like having to maintain excitement. You know, and right. I think um, it's like, you know, I hate to harp on this, but I feel like that's the thing. I think like AEW doesn't always put the women's uh, feuds and matches front and center and they're including it and they're progressing it. But I feel like like to me watching this tournament, it feels like, oh, we're going to we're going to get to the finals, but we're not in a rush. We got other stuff we got to work in. Right. 
you know, right. I don't know. I, I feel I feel like we are just now getting to the first match that I feel it could go either way. And this yeah. match, I'm very into Thunder and Jade. I think it's gonna be amazing, but I don't know. It just felt it felt very weird. Or maybe they should have started it later if we weren't gonna see the end game until January fifth. Is it a pay per view January fifth, or is that TV? No, that's just the first TBS show. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Ratings will be big. I get it. But yeah, like maybe they uh, started it a little too soon. So, and it, it's not Chris in the final four. According to uh, Wikipedia, it's Nyla versus Ruby. Nyla, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, not, Chris lost. Yeah, it was Nyla. Yeah, and she's a dark horse. Ruby versus Nyla should be a really interesting match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great final four. It's like, I like how unpredictable it is. I still think I knew this was going to be the final four. Now, how it goes from here. This is when it gets interesting. And I get it. It filled up time on their shows up till now. Glenn, you really think they're going to do big ratings in TBS for the first show? For the first one, yeah. (sighs) I don't know. It'll be tough. Changing stations, I think they're going to build it over time. They're going to come back to what they were doing on Dynamite. But changing stations, especially in wrestling, like wrestling fans are creatures of habit. They're used to TNT Wednesday nights. And I think it's going to be an uphill climb, at least for that first month. If AEW was doing 3 million viewers an episode, I would be like, oh, yeah. But as we've seen, like they could just run static for an AEW show, and it they gets like their hardcore, pretty yeah. consistent amount. So I think what they're going to do, I mean, look, is winter is coming? Uh, maybe if Wyndham uh, debuts there, maybe they set his first match for TBS. I think they're going to stack that. They're going to treat that like a pay per view. Yeah, and um, I mean, their goal should be to try and get as close to a million or or better if possible. You know, so I don't see that. I mean, they they have to, right? Last year they debuted a Sting, and they had a, the world title change on Winter is Coming. So I feel like mm-hmm. you set up high expectations mm-hmm. for this this year. So I think if uh, I, I hope that whoever does not win the title, um, I hope that we get some more serious competition for Brit out of this. And that we're That's why yeah. I want Jade to win the TBS title because I think Thunder Rosa is worth title material. And, and she beat um, Britt Baker on that amazing lights out right. match. So, and it doesn't count for the record, but that that's still there. I can see why they would put Thunder Rosa over here just to stretch it out because they don't have another pay per view for so long. But I can see Thunder Rosa right now is the only person, unless they sign somebody from the free agency, that I will, that I will say if you're having her feud with Britt, Britt has a chance of losing. Yeah. And I think they're telling that long-term story because, you know, Britt won't even say her name. And they're saying the story where she's, like, running, ducking Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Is there even a free agent now? I mean... Ember Moon? But you think they put up against uh, to go toe-to-toe with Britt, though? You mean just, like, out of nowhere? Like, what they're doing pretty much with Tony Nese where they bring somebody in for a... I mean, it seemed like that's what they tried to do with Ruby Soho, and then they just yeah. dropped that really quick. Right. You know? They really do need to build that division because they have a lot of talent, uh, but not a lot of stars. Like, WWE has so many women who can main event any pay-per-view at the level yeah. of the men. They've got Becky Lynch and Bailey, and when she comes back, and Sasha Banks, and all these big stars. And AEW has Britt Baker and, like, the Seven Dwarfs. And there's a lot of, like, really talented women on that roster. No, and this like is, Glenn said, happened to Chatsy earlier. You know how you said, okay, you wrestle Sasha, you wrestle Charlotte, and then you're bye bye, we'll see you later. That's how it feels in AEW, right? Where you like build somebody up like a red velvet. I thought her feud going with 
Britt Baker was really hot, and then they just completely dropped her after that. So it's just like you build them, take Conte back to what elevation, you know what I mean? And it's like you build them, you get us to believe they could actually beat them. And I thought Tay Conte had a great showing against Britt Baker, and now we haven't seen her since Full Gear. So. Yeah. And it's tough because I think I would be very happy with Thunder Rosa or Jade Cargill ended up the TBS champion. Um, but I think both of them, you know, in addition to being very talented performers, also have larger than life looks that I think attracts attention. And that's what gets people to tune in. And I think that the more they can do to push, push uh, strong personalities and strong characters, I mean, I think the more successful it's going to make the women's division and AEW over, as a whole. Yeah. Uh, so we shall see. Um, so after this and after that fight afterwards, um, <laughs> what do you think of the promo with Adam Cole and the, the Bucks at the Best Friends in Orange Cassidy? That was fun. That was oh, really funny. funny. <laughs> Especially with Brandon. I, I love the, the end at the end. Like, red, press the red button, you stupid. <laughs> 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 it's funny though because we were I, I was um I was with Nick today on, on Wink Daily and we were watching the Briscoes promo to FTR I don't know if yeah. you guys saw it on Twitter but oh my god if these guys come in and cut a promo against the Young Bucks they're gonna like poop their pants because like, you look at the way these guys cut promos compared to what the elite does and it's just like I want to see the Briscoes and and freaking um, Santana and Ortiz cup promos oh, with each great. other now. That will be fun. <laughs> the Briscoes have an intensity about them that is just, I don't know how to put this. It's like, it's more legitimate than yeah. any other tag team. Even the Usos, because the Usos yeah. we know, like the Usos have like use humor a fair amount. But the Usos are like, a PG version of what yeah. the Briscoes are doing. <laughs> Yeah, the Briscoes are intense, man. I mean, one of them was in the background drinking a Capri Sun the entire promo, and it was still scary. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? Because he's he's gonna he's gonna pierce his opponent like he did that pouch, <laughs> right. squeeze out the sweet sweet juice. Yeah. Um, oh my god, Glenn! <laughs> Capri Suns, man, that stuff. And then you poke it, and sometimes the like liquid just shoots everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you got know? you got to hit it the right way. This is why I can never catheterize said. someone, you know? <laughs> Just be afraid. Be like, catheterize! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyhow. Um, so, are the Briscoes coming to AEW? Is that... It's not like science to deliver, but, you know. I mean, they're, they're happen, candidates. Right? The tag team division could use the Briscoes. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, it would, and they, they were, I mean, there was reports that were seen backstage recently, but, I mean, that's not, that doesn't confirm anything. Yeah. I, I don't see uh, uh, WWE pursuing them. I don't think they No, are. I mean, the Briscoes were actually on their way to WWE at some point. You talk about how real they are, and then they started, like, tweeting some crazy stuff, and then WWE was like, okay, we're not going to mess with this. These guys aren't for us. Yeah, forgot about that. You're right. I forgot about that. When was that? A year. I want to say like 2010, maybe even earlier than oh, that. Oh wow, that long. 2008. Yeah. Wow, the early days of Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about the Eddie Kingston promo, Isa? 
I love everything Eddie Kingston does. I, I love that he said you guys beat up Jericho. Well, I don't care about that. <laughs> I was like, great. I was gonna say, why would Eddie Kingston defend Chris Jericho? Like it doesn't make any sense, right? I thought it was I thought it was a good promo. I mean Eddie Kingston can cut a promo on a freaking broom. Like it doesn't matter. You just let him talk and he's gonna do great stuff. So of course another great promo by Eddie Kingston was new. Yeah, yeah I loved it. That was great. And then Brian Danielson calling out John Silver ahead of their uh, match. In Long Island. On Long Island. I love I love this version of Brian so much. <laughs> he's having a really good time. You know, you yeah, can, really you can tell. tell. Ever since he joined the Illuminati, he's a different guy. <laughs> God, it's weird. It feels like the first half of this episode went by so quickly, and that's because we had a really lengthy main event. The uh, yeah. FTR with Tully Blanchard versus uh pack and Penta. Um, Alfred, what'd you think of this match? I thought it was a good match. Um, the, the whole thing that they're doing with the removing the mask, they got to put a moratorium on that because yeah, really like a heat seeking spot. It's this blasphemous thing that you don't do. And the first couple of times they did it, it was like, wow, you know, and they got a lot of heat and it still did get heat here, but it's just becoming one of those things that they do too much. Uh, I like the story they were telling with pack with the eye where he, legit or he, he actually legitimately botched like a hip top and they blamed it on the eye and then later on he slipped on the rope but he was kind of did that on purpose to sell his eye so i like that they were doing that and now is he gonna wear two patches now that he got his eye blinded again in the other eye so that'll be interesting to see yeah i thought this i thought this was a fun match of course it was look at the competitors that were you know being part of it i think um i i really want aw to do something different with their production when it comes to that spot because it feels like they do it on every show where somebody dives on the outside and you and the camera always catch the other guys just waiting there to catch the yeah, person yeah. there has to be a different camera angle for that especially if you're going to do it as often as they do it because i see it multiple times per show and while it is impressive the camera angle that they choose to to shoot it from it just makes it look so it, it doesn't look good you're just seeing everybody else waiting to catch the person diving right outside of that Really, really curious about what they're going to do with um, Black and, and Pac here with the eye. Like, and that, that that whole ending was so weird. And he had the blood in his face and his hand and all that. I mean, we'll see where it goes. It was a very, it was a very long match for. I guess I wasn't expecting it to get as much time since it was supposed to be a rematch, but there was travel issues. I believe, I believe with mm-hmm. the uh, with the Lucha Bros, so they put in Pac. So I thought it was going to be a little bit shorter, but I'm not going to complain. It was great. Black and Pack, former tag Black team and pack. called Black, black Pack. pack. <laughs> <laughs> and they can wear black backpacks in the ring. That'd be fun. They could do that. And go get some best friends. It'd be awesome, right? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but Black gouged out Pack's eye uh, at the end of this. Um, do you think Black is? Go- do you think? Wait. Do you think Pack is gonna start having like his whole face black now? Like, do you think that's gonna be like contagious, and everybody that he spits on has the same issue? Oh. I could see that. Perhaps. Definitely. Hmm. Well, this was a good main event, but yeah, it's like I don't know that Rampage is the show to do half-hour main events on. Yeah, especially one like this where it's like a tag team main event, so it's not really illustrious in terms of star power like you know the ftr's the big stars stuff like that but this isn't like the type of match i don't think that's gonna get people to watch michael the virus saying blindfold match pack and black 
Please don't. I don't want to see any blindfold matches in wrestling. Very rarely do I see one w- really work out. Or they both have eye patches, but they're on their dominant eyes, so their depth perception is all messed up. There you go. <laughs> like, just keep miss Everything, like, misses by, like, yeah. six inches. Yeah. How about a blindfold flaming table match? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, Joseph Boza saying you could have done this match in fifteen and still got here. I agree. Yeah, I, I I think I think when you have the J match and it was a squash, they should have they should have planned differently because the opening match felt lengthy and then this one felt lengthy and then you had a squash in the middle and it just like yeah. the show didn't pace as nicely as Rampage usually pays. I always say Rampage is an easy show to digest. This one didn't feel that way. There was something about the pacing on tonight's Rampage that yeah. was a little bit off for me. Yeah, it was a solid show, but again, like being pre-taped and, you know, if there was any like amazing spoiler, like we're surprised we would have known about it ahead of time. I don't know. Winter's coming. It's going to be a big deal in a few weeks. Wangman versus Brian. Wangman, yeah. I I can't. I thought I was the only one who noticed that. I was like, oh no. As soon as I saw it, I was like, that's all I see. Wangman. Oh my god! I don't know who made that graphic, but it it says Wangman. I don't care what they want to say. <laughs> they did change it. They did update the H to look more like an H. I did notice. Well, but, well that's good. Uh, nope. Nope. I, I I will not. <laughs> the damage has it. been done. Yep. I can't unsee it. <laughs> wow. Uh, Joseph Boza in the chat saying he doesn't think Rampage is live again until January twenty first. Wow. Oh. So they're gonna tape the Rampage. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. They're just switching networks. You can still tape it when you do the TBS shows, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. We'll see. Um, so that was wrestling tonight. I was going to say what do we have going on this weekend, but Sunday. Sunday. We're back together for NXT War Games. The three Maybe best friends that anybody could have. Old school versus new school. Who you got? Who are you rooting for? Definitely it? 2.0. I mean, yeah, 2.0. Tony, Judge Tony D'Angelo. I want Tony D'Angelo yeah. to beat up everyone. 100%. Yeah, Take the title belt, win. walk out of there. Let's do it. <sighs> oh, you know what? I was watching. Okay, I'm sorry, but no, this, is, this is going to this is gonna shock you guys. But I was playing a clip of Tony D'Angelo on my YouTube channel, right? And it was when he was on Lash Legend. And do you remember how he sat down and he cut a promo after he, he got the producer out of there? Yes. Yeah. In that promo, he mentioned everybody that's in the War Games team for the old school. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so wow. he's been promoting this. Long-term storytelling by the GOAT. That's why he's the GOAT. I mean, he's so good. So good. The best. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I was just freaked out because I was Googling Joe Gacy who is from New Jersey, where I have a lot of family from. And his birth last name is Ruby, which is the Americanized anglicized shortening of Rubenstein. So mine. You guys are related. You know, people say that you look like him, right? Oh, Jesus. Wait, what have I done wrong that I've gone from fat Finn Balor to I look like Joe Gacy? I need to start working out. (laughs) I gotta get back to. I gotta get back to fat Finn Balor level. Handsome Joe Gacy. I think people pointed out you are definitely a much handsome version than Joe Gacy. Well, but you guys might be related. You might want to look into this. 
It's true. Ah, so I'm going to live with that tonight. And uh, <laughs> go <sorry>. watch. <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine. He'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be good. You know, make do. I'll get by. Um, yeah. So we'll be back Sunday. Everybody have a good weekend. Enjoy tomorrow, a day without wrestling. Think of that. And we'll see you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.